Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Silva and Gold. Coming to the ring from parts unknown at a combined weight of 853 pounds, Piccolo and Dr. Zong. Back to silver and gold, baby. I am the loaf, and with me, Doctor Zah. Hey, baby. Uh, <laughs> watch out tonight. Uh, I think we will be honorary inductees of, with the Freebirds to uh, the w- WWE Hall of Fame. So, be ready for that, Daddy. This week on the show, we are reviewing. Or discussing, or trying to remember, uh, Beetlejuice from 1988 and The Beast Master from 1982. We'll get into those soon. <laughs> Beastmaster has an 18 meta score from Metacritic.com out of a possible 100. It's very maybe. Uh, Zom, how are you, sir? I are good. I are good. Yeah. It's been a while. Yeah, yeah. We probably won't have much to say because we've been talking for like an hour and a half before we <laughs> <laughs> started recording. We're already tired of talking to each other. So Never. Never. <laughs> uh, I'm having some mean bean Java monster. So I, I, I was eating leftover pancake from yesterday, but it's leftover, not as good oh, that pancake. My two big giant pan- my two giant pancakes. I'll tell you what, it's not as good the second day. <laughs> yeah, well, you know. Um, nom, nom, nom. But I did put some real maple syrup on it this time. That's one thing. If you got like a giant pancake leftover and you brought it home, you could just warm it up and then go to sleep and, and use it as a blanket. <laughs> that this would thing cool was cool if they could figure something like that out. Like your blanket little, smells uh, like syrup. Mm. Yeah, if a blanket could, like, I don't know if I'd want a pancake blanket because it'd get kind of gross after a little while. But what if it smelled like pancakes, butter, and syrup? Like they have to have a fucking candle of each of those, and you just burn them all at the same time. Sorry, pancake candle. Food Network morning pancake. Oh wait. Images for pancake candle. Food Network store. They have some. They have a candle called mm. Sunday Morning Pancakes. Nice. You can buy it on foodnetworkstore.com. I like food smelling candles. Oh, that didn't smell like a candle. Well, <laughs> it might. Yeah, I wonder if they have a fart smelling candle. A shit candle. 
I made a um, mistake. Oh yeah, there's a, there's a maple syrup candle, apple pumpkin pancake candle. candle. That's Bath and Body Works. Um, so yeah, I, I I've been uh, it's a little little behind the scenes. I we haven't been recording mainly my fault. Um, I, I I've started a new job as I may have mentioned, but the 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 training for it is pretty intense and i haven't been watching anything and really haven't had time for much of anything um because it's uh i'm going to be supporting a system that i've not really used before <laughs> so mm-hmm. I'm, I'm really i'm diving in head first and hoping i come out uh, in one piece on the other side but so i've just been i've been cracking the books a lot or honestly when i'm not doing that not doing much of anything at all just trying to sleep sleeping more than usual so but that's my excuse, and I'm sticking with it, Daddy. Um. So, what have you been watching? We've been off for a while. Uh, yeah, I watched some movies. I watched some new ones. One of them is uh, from 2014, directed by Rishad Bouchareb, and it's called Two Men in Town. And it stars Force Whitaker and Harvey Keitel and Ellen Burstyn, who's making her big return, I guess. Nice. Uh, she's really good in this. Um, this was not what I expected it to be. Um, pretty good movie. I would recommend so everybody check this one out. Uh, Force Whitaker is very good in it. Nice. <laughs> a Muslim ex-con forms a friendship with his parole officer. <laughs> yeah, that's sort of what it sort of kind of. That is pretty good. Let's see. Next thing I watched was a little piece of shit called oh. The Night Before, a 2015 movie directed by Jonathan Levine and written by Jonathan Levine. And it stars Joseph Gordon Levitt, who kind of got on my nerves in this. Uh, Seth Rogen kind of got on my nerves in this. Uh, who else before. is in this fucking piece of shit? Um,. Uh, it's got Miley Cyrus in it, Tracy Morgan. It's got a lot of cameos. She was Miley Cyrus was pretty funny in that. Surprise, you know, surprisingly. I watched a, a little movie called uh, Ardor or El Ardor, uh, which is written and directed by Pablo. Oh, the night Fendrick. before was a holiday movie. Yeah, it was. I Christmas almost went movie. to see that at the theater. It was okay. It was what you what you'd expect if you see Seth mm. Rogen and. Like James Franco, you, you know what you're gonna get. Um, it had um, what's his face in it that was uh, General Zod. Uh, Which what's Zod? that fucker's name? Terrence the Stamp newest or uh, no, the Michael Shannon. One. Michael Shannon. Michael, he was yeah. in, he he was pretty good in it. Um, El Aldor uh, stars uh, Gael Garcia Bernal. I may have said this one last time i can't remember it's Maybe. kind of a modern western that takes place in the uh rainforest it's pretty good yeah yeah, yeah. i think you talked about that one yeah not great because i think you, i said uh Gail garcia bernal and you said you liked him bernal uh see i watched the movie called, uh movie directed and written by paolo sarantino Ooh. uh called youth uh from 2015 Starring yeah. Michael Caine, Harvey Keitel, Rachel Weisz. This was a beautiful fucking movie. Also has, uh, what's his name in it? Paul Dano. Uh, Dano's beautiful good. Fucking, and, very nice and, looking. And, and uh, Rachel Weisz is very hot in it. 
Yeah, there were, oh God, did the, the, and that she one was chick. very good looking, but that one chick was like, <laughs> I looked at my friend and I was like, oh my God, just, I think, we, were, we were like Harvey Keitel and Michael Caine in the, in the, in the yeah, I think they, I think they might've been recording or filming, uh, honest reactions from the two of them. <laughs> oh, no shit. I watched, uh, from 2015, I watched a movie called, uh, Knock Knock or Knock Knock. <laughs> oh, I've heard of that one. <laughs> Starring Eli, or directed and written by Eli Roth. Ugh. Okay, Uh-oh. this movie, <laughs> go into this uh, in the frame of mind so bad it's good. Okay. Especially Keanu Reeves' acting abilities. Did you? Uh, were you able but, to watch that at that at your local smoky theater? No, 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 no. I rented it. Oh, okay. Yeah, I rented it on iTunes. Okay. Uh, and uh, one of the chicks in it is Eli Roth's wife. Uh, that doesn't mean anything, but that's just the truth. <laughs> um, let's see. I watched The Big Short. 2015 uh, with yeah. Christian Bale, Steve Carell, Ryan Gosling. Very good. Liked it. Uh, Brad Pitt's in it too. Um, Carell and Ryan Gosling have a little uh, movie co starring Love Fest going on there, I think. Uh, let's see. I watched 1978. I didn't want, This is something d- d- old. Uh, written by uh, Joe Esterhaus. Um, and directed by Norman Jewison, and it's called Fist, starring Sylvester Stallone, Rod Steiger, Peter Boyle. It's got a bunch of people in it. Um, this is pretty good. It's a, it's a, kind of based on Jimmy Hoffa thing, Stallone. This is before he kind of, you know, became an obnoxious yuppie douche. Uh, 2015's Brooklyn. Starring uh, Sarise Ronan. I can't. I mean, I know she's Irish, but I can't fucking. I don't know how. Diarrhea to say that. bucket. What? Diarrhea bucket. Who's diarrhea bucket? That's the. Uh, there's a bucket of diarrhea in this movie. Oh yeah, yeah. Did I already talk about this one? No, I I talked about it. Oh, it's a good movie. It's a beautiful yeah. fucking. Movie. I love the way it was shot. It should have won the Oscar. Uh, it's very good. I think in my it, I am. Let's see. IMO, in my opinion. <laughs> I-M-H-O. <laughs> I had to fucking think it out. Um, I'm getting old. I can't think straight sometimes. Yeah, my brain's uh, not working right now. Well, 2015, Sebastian Shipper, written and directed. Uh, the movie is called Victoria. Uh, this was a 99-cent rental on iTunes, and it's pretty good. It... It's, uh, it's like one of those one-night deals where a young girl who's in, uh, I think, Germany, uh, mm-hmm. she uh, hooks up with some uh, young lads, and they, you know, stuff happens. But it's pretty good. Well, I've been watching Daredevil. I almost watched the whole thing, but then I kind of got sidetracked with some other stuff. So I need to finish that off. And um, I did actually see... Uh, Foggy Nelson, uh, who is Eldon Henson, and uh. John Barenthal. I uh, saw him at Horrorhound, and Ralph Macchio and China from WWE. Wait a minute. Wait for it. Wait for it. Um, several of the guys <laughs> from Sunders of Anarchy, Walking Dead, people like that. Who, uh, who was yeah. there from Walking Dead? 
Oh, the well, Barenthal plays Shane, I guess. Yeah, I don't. He did, so I don't know. Um, is there a ball-headed black guy? There is. He was there. I don't know. I hate to say it, but that's. I don't watch it, so I, I just. They. They I were. Found, I caught up get... on it this week, so I'm fresh on everybody. There's a young guy they call Jesus that kind of has long hair and a beard and wears a like a mm-hmm. old. Man. Yeah. He was there. Cool. There were so, several other ones, but I I I can't remember who they are because I don't watch the show. Um, then some Sons of Anarchy guys and uh, the guy. Well, the one guy that's on Sons of Anarchy was the guy that played the coach in the movie Goon. That was like fucking great. <laughs> He's I like him. He's always good, and uh, he was also in um, Black Hawk Down. And John Barenthal was in Furry. Furry, I watched uh, Mein Liebster Fiend or My Best Fiend from 1999 uh, written or well I guess it was written I don't think it would really have to be written because it's a documentary uh, by Werner <laughs> Werner Herzog and uh, it's uh, about his uh, friendship and um, uh, collaboration <laughs> Kinski so it's pretty good. I like that one. I I, I uh, think it was a cheapie on documentaries, and I bought it. I've watched it several times. Um, uh, 2015's Forsaken. This stars Kiefer Sutherland and Donald Sutherland, Brian Cox, and Demi Moore. And I got to tell you, it was a it was. Uh, you can miss it. Uh, it's not bad. It's just not anything great at all. It's a Western. Uh, Donald Sutherland is a fucking douche. I mean, well, he they play father and son, but he's just such a fucking... He's a preacher, and he's like, oh, don't, just don't, don't, son. Don't. Please don't. <laughs> you know, I know he's Canadian, but he has a strange way of speaking, and fucking Kiefer Sutherland doesn't talk like that. But Kiefer Sutherland is trying to, his best to be like either fucking like Gary Cooper or John Wayne or uh, Clint Eastwood or something. It's just, I don't know. Um, 2015's Guillermo del Toro, written and directed Crimson Peak, starring uh, Mia Wasikowska, Jessica Chastain, Tom Hilston. Oh, I like this. I'm not mm-hmm. a big fan, but I, is there's uh, some uh, CGI stuff in it, but. I kind of like the ghost stories. Uh, yeah, uh, that was, so. this one didn't work. I, I, I've talked about this one before. I, I yeah. thought it was pretty boring, but I, 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 I loved what it looked like. It was one of yeah, the better looking movies really I saw. Looked, and they'll let like fucking red. Clay. Now I've seen red clay before, and I never saw red clay that looked that fucking red. <laughs> <laughs> that just glows in the dark. Yeah, it adds to, to the thing. I watched 2015's. Uh, directed by Eric Eric Erickson Core, written by Kurt Schwimmer, or no, not Kurt Schwimmer, Kurt Wimmer, and Rick King. <laughs> and this is Point Break, uh, starring Ed, Edgar Ramirez, Luke Bracey, and Ray Winstone. Okay, not as good as the first one. Okay, it has some really fucking awesome. Um, cinematography and some of the stunts and stuff that they do mm-hmm. the extreme sports stuff they do is really awesome 
the I did not like the guy. I guess it is Luke Bracy. Uh, I did. I didn't think he was very good as Johnny Utah. They switched stuff up and gave a gave him a kind of a different motivation and also the Johnny Utah character is is tweaked um Delroy Lindo's in it too it's not that great um it's worth a watch one time you know but I liked I always like Edgar Ramirez he plays Bodie and uh he was good if I just wish they would have had a different lead nobody can match Keanu Watch 2015's Peter Landsman, a written and directed movie called Concussion, starring Will Smith uh, and Albert Brooks and Alec Baldwin. And I did not know for, you know, till I guess a week or so ago, that Albert Brooks and Super Dave Osborne are brothers. <laughs> I don't real- think I knew that. Maybe I did know that. And then they were talking about it on the Gilbert Gottfried show. Um, this is, I thought it was really good. I posted something about it and everybody was like yawn or Oscar, Oscar bait. Oscar didn't bite. <laughs> I thought it was really, really good. And if you are like a, a football fan or not even just a football fan, because they say a lot of this stuff goes on with like hockey and of course, boxing and stuff like that. But uh, I remember the real guy. And when this happened and everything and, all the stuff he went up against. Will Smith was excellent in this, I thought. And I'm not a big Will Smith fan, but I thought he was really good. I saw and the I think that, that a lot, but they possibly should have gotten a fucking Oscar nomination because when I was watching, I was like, "Fuck, man, this is a fucking excellent movie." Uh, David Morse plays uh, Mike Webster from the Steelers, and um, it's just sad, man. Some of the shit that went. Ugh. 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 Uh, if you watch that and you let your kids play football, you got something wrong with you. <laughs> I've been watching Happen Leonard, which is a TV series uh, that is on Sundance. Um, I saw the they had the first episode for free, and then I just went ahead and got it on iTunes. It was like nine bucks for the whole season, uh, which is, it's a short season, the first season, but it's really good. It's I guess is the guy that does it the guy that uh, that uh, did Bubba Hope Tep, I think. And um, also, but, well, if that's it, it's also the guy that did Beastmaster as well. Nick Demichi. Oh no, Don Coscarelli is the guy that did uh, Bubba uh, Hotel. Uh, and somebody said there was a connection with Bubba Hotel, but it's um, it's kind of like an Elmore Leonard kind of a thing. Okay. Uh, uh, Christina Hendricks and her two giant pillows are in it, but it's awesome. I mean, honest <laughs> to God, it's a, it's it's fucking just really good. It's got some crazy shit in it, and those two, uh, Happ and Leonard, are are very good. Uh, Sherilyn Finn's characters. pillows are still peeking out on my screen here. <laughs> like old pillows, that probably smell like uh, fucking Ben Gay. Uh, <laughs> I'll take it. I'll take it. <laughs> Yeah, well, uh, watch 1979's Cuba, or Cuba, uh, directed by Richard Lester, written by Charles Wood and starring Sean Connery and Brooke Adams and uh, Hector Elizondo, who I always like, uh, Delholm Elliott, who I always like, Martin Balsam, Chris Randon, blah, 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 lots of people. Uh, this is pretty good. I love Sean Connery. I like watching him. So uh, there was a time where I, before... Um, uh, downloads and DVDs and shit. I kind of sought out everything that he did 
through the VHS catalogs, and that's mm-hmm. one of them. Uh, I watched a movie called Batman vs. Superman, Dawn of Justice, from 2016. Um, really? Again, I went to that one theater that's uh. bad. Um, creaky chair. <laughs> oh, that feels like this chair. <laughs> I, you know, um, um, now. Now. There were. I liked it. I can't wait to see. I'm going to buy it when it comes out. Yeah. Um, I liked the one. I liked Wonder Woman, her whole thing. I mean, especially when she, you know, uh, cuts loose. Yeah. Uh, I. <sighs> you Have you seen it? No, I didn't. I haven't had a chance to go to the movies for a couple weeks. I don't want to give anything away, but okay. Um, sort of the, the the concept of it. I had some problems with Batman, uh, and some of his motivation. I was kind of like, you know, I don't know. I don't want to say anything else, but um, ooh, um, that's it. But I, 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 I liked it. And um, I would probably like it because I'm a DC mark anyway. Yeah. So, oh, yeah. I mean, because I really liked Man of Steel and everybody shit on that. So I'm sure I'll be fine with it. I but. like Man of Steel, too. But it's one of those ones. It's it, it, some people have commented that, um, you know, how a lot of superhero movies, instead of just having one simple story or whatever, they I always call it the trying to stuff ten pounds of shit in a five pound bag. Yeah. Like they're trying to stuff twenty pounds of shit in a five it it has a certain amount of that, but it's still it's a long movie too. But um I thought Affleck did a good I thought everybody did a good job. I I liked it. I thought it was good. It's got some kick ass fucking fighting in it and shit. I wish they would with the, the superhero movies they're just I know what you mean like they're they're, they're too long. They're just fucking like they yeah. they cram so much stuff in and it's just like come on just give me a give me an you know hour and 50 minute movie yeah. hour and 45 you know and get your story out when you hit in two and a half hours even for one for ones that aren't origin stories it's like you know maybe go over 2 hours when you're telling retelling somebody's beginnings but jesus mm. i don't know if they go i don't know if they go into batman's beginnings in this one but i don't know if, i don't know where they're picking him up but well they kind of give you a little bit of you know everybody's i guess gotcha. but they don't get not in not in real detail but there's a lot of um i could see where there were times where I was kind of confused on what was uh, a premonition, a dream. Uh, I, I read, I saw little headlines about that. I, I need to see it to know because somebody's yeah. it's like somebody's dream explained, or you know, I was like, well, that sounds weird. Yeah, the, there um, was some stuff where it was kind of like, you know, okay, is this is this? Uh, I don't know, but you'll you'll just have to watch it and see. Cause I mean, shit, I, if the this... more I say. The more you... If with. this is two and a half, you know, you've got Man of Steel and all the Batman movies already. This is two and a half hours. The fucking Justice League movie is going to need, need to be like six hours long. Yeah. yeah. And of course, because that's coming up, they, they kind of had to do a little setup, you know, for what's yeah, to yeah. come. But, 
And the and then the Rock going to be in the Black Adam movie, which might be pretty cool. Yeah, I like Black Adam a lot. So yeah, uh, anyway, not whole, but he's a good character. Yeah, he's a shit. Uh, <laughs> let's see. I've like I said, I've not watched much. What I've been doing lar- largely is to kind of like unwind. I just put on uh, Sopranos. I've seen it before, so I've been watching that. I'm all, I'm all the way into season five in the past three weeks of Sopranos. So I just put that on and just let it play while I just kind of veg. But as far as movies go, not watched a ton. It's been over a week since I even watched a movie, but um after we recorded last time, I did watch a few in a couple days, but um I watched Road Games. Never seen that one the the Ah, I like that one. The Stacy Keach and Jamie Lee Curtis. Yeah. It's really more of a Stacy Keach movie. Uh, she was in it less than I thought she was going to be. Yeah. Um but uh, yeah, I thought it was pretty good. I liked him a lot. Stacy Keach was really good at it. Um, he was really at that time. He was really. I mean, he did some good shit. Yeah, got some so this is pretty cool. It was. It was. It was kind of neat that it took like there was hardly anybody actually Australian in it, <laughs> outside of bit characters that appear and then are gone again. Um, but yeah, it's a pretty good movie. Uh, kind of neat that it takes place out there in the middle of nowhere in Australia and like actually filmed there and everything. So, uh, I watched this is a rewatch. I uh, rewatched Platoon. I don't know why I felt like watching a couple Vietnam movies. Uh, Platoon, it's it's legendary for a reason. It's a kind of a. I was thinking when you posted that you watched this, and of course this is a question um, that came up. With the Oscars, because both Defoe and Behringer got nominated for Best Supporting. Mm-hmm. If you had to pick between those two to give the Oscar to, because neither one of them won it, because they said they kind of canceled each other out. Which one would you? Which one do you think gave the better performance? Uh, I I'd probably lean Behringer. Mm. I th- I thought he was. I mean such an incredible fucking. He was like the Ahab or whatever of the you yeah. Know, uh, of the he movie, was just a real piece of shit, and I think I feel like Defoe, Defoe might have been kind of like how he is in real life. <laughs> and feeling good, good enough. Behringer seemed like it was he was yeah. Behringer Man, was a real piece of shit. I could just see uh, uh, a young drafty loaf in the fucking bunker. <laughs> Sucking uh, uh, some some sweet uh, smoke out of a shotgun barrel, and Barringer coming in, just fucking <laughs> being a total asshole. And you'd be like, "What a fucking! I hate that motherfucker." Oh, I hate. Yeah, I, I, I to this day, feel whenever this this whole thing, military movies always have this effect on me. Um, you know, uh, what's his name, Ermy, and fucking Full Metal Jacket, yeah. Barringer, and this one. It's like I get that like that like fuck you dad feeling you know like get off my fucking oh, case yeah. that anxiety and you know i i feel it every time when it's like just fucking lay off dude <laughs> seriously uh, and i got it with this again i've seen this movie i don't know how many times so y'all smoke this shit to escape from reality <laughs> i am reality <laughs> like oh shut up dad yeah <laughs> Um, the uh, but yeah, you I mean, never is... understood me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then I watched uh, one I hadn't seen. I watched The Boys in Company C. Um, yeah, I like that. Good stuff. Sydney J. 
Fury. I don't know how to pronounce his last name. I feel like we've done a movie of his before on the show. Let's see. Iron Eagle he did. Super, ooh, Superman 4. Yikes. I don't know. Like oh, you. the Leather Boy. We did Leather Boys. Leather Boys. Was Speaking of the... gay motorcycle films. Well, we talked about that off the air. Yeah, we did that. Yeah. Um, that Boys and Company movie. C was pretty cool. It kind of... it it. Uh, movies you got the when it's just like it's like full metal jacket you've got the um training thing which is always funny and and then you got when they go over there and the soccer thing which was a little twist but this was way before full metal jacket and all because like i said this is army's first fucking movie he looks really young in this 1978 and this is um this was that's what i was getting ready to say is this felt like um, this felt like Full Metal Jacket, and the Stan Shaw, the guy in it, the yep. the I did he could really sing like <laughs> he had a good voice. He said he like would, yeah. wars hell, so we might as well make love tonight. But he was he good, was good too, him. and he knew how to do karate because he he gave those fucking uh, the four <laughs> fucking scumbags. You take those four fucking stooges, and he fucking gave them the fucking judo chops. The Judy Chops. When he was painting the fucking fence or whatever, and they came, he got like the, the four biggest races they could find to fucking go join. Oh, awful. All right, yeah, it wasn't even a fence. It was like he was like painting a tree or something, like a palm tree. Yeah, he yeah. chopped them. Um, I the the watched scene, um, the the scene where he when he saw those guys and then he went into the sergeant's thing and he was like, I don't want you know. I want some somebody who's going because you could tell that the sergeant and him, he they like earned each other's respect, and he yeah. he was telling about you know I think more of you you're the you're a leader but you you know you like because when he came in he was kind of a a, a um, you know kind of a douche. <laughs> not a douche but he was just out for himself, and yeah. then he finally he molded him or whatever you know. Well, he was, was like good, that, good like, yeah. like pimp in training or whatever when he came in. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Who gonna take care of business for me on the street? <laughs> um, <laughs> I quote so, that one word for word. I've seen it so many times. The um, so watching Sopranos, they're always referencing. I didn't remember this from the first time I saw went through it, um, but they're always referencing movies uh, or watching movies in that show. Um, mm-hmm. Chase must have been a must have been a big it must be a big movie buff because he's always sticking references in there. Um, I don't know if this one was referenced, but watching that show kind of got me in the mood for watching some old gangster films. But I saw I watched Scarface, but the, the okay. 1932 one Howard Hawks directed. Yeah, yeah, Paul Muni. Um, this is the one I think I said the last time somebody had asked us a question like movies we'd walked away for or like left and this maybe I mentioned this one that I had started it and for some reason I couldn't finish it but I, I did go back to it and actually started it completely over instead of picking back up where I left off and uh, this was this was really good and uh, very violent no you know what had me watching this one at first was not Sopranos it was watching uh, the Aviator. Uh, the Scorsese oh, yeah, film yeah. Aviator, because they mentioned that in there. Really violent for 1932. Um, good movie. I like this a lot. Um, I'll say I'd rather revisit this one than the than the De Palma one. So you know, I can um, as soon as as uh, 
you say Scarface, uh, th- I think, you know, immediately Paul Muni. But I was just thinking off the top of my head, I can't think of anything else that he was in that I can just immediately come to mind. He had, oh, he had such a look. Like, he couldn't have been. I'm looking at I'm a Fugitive from a Chain Gang. There's some nice. Oh, yeah, I did see that. Stuff. The Good Earth, which is, sounds pretty. The I'm a Fugitive from a Chain Gang. They actually made a movie about that, um, uh, the same story. Uh, when HBO first started up, and Val Kilmer played the the uh, Paul Muni part. Jesus, uh, he was in something called Seven Faces, and he played, I guess, the Seven Faces. He plays seven different people, or has seven different names credited to him in that movie. So, I have to look up some more of his stuff. He was good in this. Yeah. Um, and then I watched a uh, James Cagney one, uh, Angels with Dirty Faces. Nah, she. This, this is a. Um, no, wait a minute. That is that Edward G. Robinson. That was Edward G. Robinson. James yeah. Cagney. Oh, you the, dirty rat. He did the he would do the sneer a lot and he would slap the shit out of people. <laughs> yeah. Uh and he I think he slapped a kid in this one, which is pretty funny. Smash a fucking grapefruit in a chick's face. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh he was pretty cool. I like this one quite a bit. Um uh Bogey's in it just a little bit. He plays this kind of sleazy lawyer. Um, not a gangster. Did he have skinny and arms and a big head? He had a giant head. Um but he had a suit on the whole time, so he didn't see his arms. The, um, but yeah, I like this one. Um, it's mainly this is kind of like the reformed gangster type thing. Uh, the end is really good. Uh, I like, I really like how it ended. Um, I watched on Netflix, uh, Pee Wee's Big Holiday. <laughs> how was that? Really? Okay, everybody's uh, talking about how much they like loved watching. Oh, God. This was not good. Like I don't, I don't know what people. I don't know if it's just the nostalgia trip, but it didn't even give me that. I'd. Oh my god. Uh, like, I started I off like, okay, that. this has kind of a cool feeling and stuff, but fuck, it was just like awkward. I don't know. Like I didn't laugh much at all. I was glad when it was over. Um. Yeah. Yeah, I was not impressed with this. I didn't think it was funny. There's some nice that. quirky stuff in it. Um, but it just doesn't have the feel of like Pee Wee's Playhouse or Pee Wee's Big Adventure. Is Chris Christopherson in it? Yeah, he no, he's not. Um, Oh, I thought you were going to say, yeah, he is. For real. (laughs) Honestly, nobody's in it that I even recognized other than, well, there was the chick from Arrested Development. She was in it. Um, She was played a, she played a young girl in the Arrested Development. Um, Maybe it was her name in the, Interested development, and it says David Arquette was in it. I was looking for him. I could not even find him. Good, <laughs> but like I don't know. Like I, th- I was hoping like to see more, like I don't know, f- at least cameos from famous people. But like nobody worth a shit was in it. Like the the the, the main guy that is kind of like uh, he's the the story is Pee Wee's going. He's he's taking a road trip, and they've kind of ignored everything he's ever done because they're assuming he's never left this town he's in. I was like, wait a minute. Pee-wee's big adventure. He fuck that was the whole thing. He took a road trip to find his bike. But in this one, he's never left town and he's driving or trying to get across the country to make it to and what's this guy's name? He played Joe Joe Man Manganini. I'll say it like Pee-wee does cuz he can never pronounce it. This guy was in um that fucking that vampire movie. 
or a TV show. Um, yeah, he was the big guy in uh, Sabotage with Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yeah. Um, yeah. Married he, uh, the chick that's got the great body. He's the only other kind of, I guess, name in it. And he's go- Pee-wee's traveling across the country to go to his birthday in New York. And I don't, I don't know. I didn't think it was very good at all. I would definitely wouldn't watch this one again. I felt kind of ugh. <laughs> felt raped after you watched it. Yeah, something. I don't know. This didn't work. Um, or not raped enough. I, I think that's probably closer to the truth. Uh, I watched Hellbenders, uh, a Sergio Corbucci uh, uh, spaghetti western from 1967. This um, this was. Kind of cool. It was um, this group of of Confederates, the af- but it's kind of like after the war has ended, and they kind of sabotage this 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 uh, party that has like an armored car, basically, or an armored wagon, I guess. And they're trying to steal all this money to revive the Confederacy, but they have this whole elaborate plan. So it's kind of like them trying to like double cross each other and all that shit. And it was pretty good. I thought I thought this one was pretty cool. I have um, heard recently that the South is going to rise again. Oh yeah, definitely. We're working on it here, fucking Macquarie and this. Uh, <laughs> oh, I know. Bullshit here. Joseph Cotton is like the uh, the main one, dude. In one it. day we may we. You and I may be fighting each other, brother <laughs> against brother. I don't know. West Virginia might fall this way. Well, you know, oh, Jesus, no shit. <laughs> um, I think they're trying to bring back slavery here. I watched they would one. If they could. Oh, I didn't know that. I'm, I think I looked up the wrong thing here. I watched a movie called Scalps. Um. There, there's the one I watched. Okay, I had the one. I had the Fred Olin Ray one open. This was the the uh, Claudio Fragasso and Bruno Mattei western from 1987, which is already saying something. Um, I thought this was going to be a little sleazier. It was all right. It's about um, it's kind of a revenge story with this Native American woman that escapes this whole thing. Like her whole her whole kind of group is slaughtered. And she gets away and then ends up hiding out at this guy's house that he doesn't like Native Americans at all, but he also doesn't like, uh, uh, I guess they're Confederates Bernie Ladd too. didn't like him either. <laughs> uh, and so he, they kind of, he, basically he, he, he hates Confederates more than Native Americans, so they kind of team up to help her get revenge. And it's all right. The, the, the chick that plays... Um, Mappi Galan. I don't know how to pronounce her name. M A P I is her name. She was really hot. Um, but eh, the movie's just all right. Not great. And the only other thing I watched was I went to the theater and saw 10 Cloverfield Lane. Now, I don't want to say much about this uh, because I was very happy that I went in uh, cold to it. And. I would love to talk with somebody spoiler style. I just don't know anybody else that wanted, because I mentioned it on the group because I, I'm kind of wondering some things. Um, this is John Goodman, Mary Elizabeth Winstead, and 
another guy. I didn't recognize the other guy. But um, John Goodman's very good in it. It's nice and short. It's only like maybe an hour and 45 or so. Um, but go go into this cold. I really liked this. But the less you know, I think the more, um, the, more the better it might be. So. And what's the name of it again? 10 Cloverfield Ten. Lane. Yeah, the number Clover. 10 Cloverfield Field. Lane. Yep. Does it have a giant monster in it? I'm not going to tell you. you got to watch it. Cloverfield Go Lane. Go into it okay. cold. I want you to know nothing once you see it. See if you're I see don't if that know nothing. Uh, I, I know don't that know I nothing. Moo. Mary see Elizabeth if the Smoky Theater's playing it. Love her. Such legs. And that's all I'm I watched so besides uh, lots of. <laughs> lots of Sopranos and lots of uh, I watched I, I watched a lot of Walking Dead. That's about it. Read some comics. On the Sopranos, oh, basketball. What? Do you remember on the Sopranos? Um, the one guy I think he might have been dating Tony's daughter, and he caught this big fat gangster guy, like sucking off some guy or something. Yeah, that happened pretty. That happened pretty. Was that in Sopranos? That might have been the last season. That that happened pretty late. It was pretty awful. Did I was just wondering what happened because I remember didn't the that the the guy he kept giving um, that young guy a real hard time, and I don't remember. Did they? Did that guy? Did they ever do something to the big something fat? with a broomstick? Oh, okay. All right. Well, I can imagine. Yeah. <laughs> I'm you pretty sure that's what they, that's what they happened. Sweep the floor. Yes, definitely. Okay. Well, I just I I watched that for a while, and then for some reason I kind of I don't know what happened. I don't. I know I didn't see the last episode. You know, I heard, but I heard so much about it that I yeah know, yeah yeah I, yeah. But uh, I mean, I love that show. It's probably that I, I, might be my my top ever. And um, really, so uh, this is this is my first kind of all the way through revisit. Um, I started with season one a few weeks ago, and I'm powering through. So, but yeah, Walking Dead's coming to a head. It's it's tomorrow night's the season finale of that. And uh, is this the the end of the se- end of the show? No, I don't think so. Um, I can't. That's what I was asking the other day. I think it's just the season finale because they there's no way they're going to be able to wrap everything up in one episode that I've seen. I'd be surprised. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I did see a rumor of kind of where they're planning on as far as the comic book goes, kind of paralleling what, how they're going to stop the story of where in the comic that's going to happen. So, so yeah, that's about it. Um, why don't we take a break and come back? What movie? Well, let's go in chronological this week. Uh, we'll come back and talk about some beast master. Uh, we'll be right back. Master. Okay, and welcome back to another episode of Guess That Riff. With me on the show tonight, my first contestant is Mr. Fred Nurk. Fred, are you ready to guess that riff? I sure am. Okay, here's riff number one. Ah, that's It's a Long Way to the Top by ACDC. Fantastic, Fred. Okay, here's riff number two. That one is Eagle Rock by Daddy Cool. Fantastic! You're doing great, Fred. Now, this one's a tricky one. Guess riff number three. Hmm. 
That one is I Walk the Line by Johnny Cash. Fantastic, Fred. How did you know all those riffs? Well, I listened to Love That Album podcast. That's fantastic. Really? Uh, no. That's what you told me to say, Dad. Max, shh. I told you never to call me Dad during the promo. Go to lovethatalbum.blogspot.com or type in Love That Album, all one word, into iTunes. Listen to Love That Album. It might turn you into a rock geek. Or you might just con your son into making pitiful promos for your podcast. Master, uh, 1982, directed by one Don Coscarelli. Um, we'll talk, maybe talk about him a little, but a sword, <coughs> sorry, I almost didn't do the voice, a sword and sorcery fantasy about a young man's search for sexual freedom, wait, what? For revenge, armed with supernatural powers, the handsome hero and his animal allies wage war against marauding forces. What a generic, shitty <laughs> synopsis. Jesus. Uh, starring Mark Singer, Tanya Roberts. What are you laughing at? <laughs> what did you find? I'm not farted. Oh. Tanya Roberts, who may or may not show some uh, nudity, uh, Rip Torn in a weird role for him, and uh, John Amos, <laughs> and some other people, I guess. Uh, Zom, had you seen this before? Oh, a, a few times. I, yeah, I, yeah. Prob- probably. This was a staple for me. Um, this was one a staple for everybody. Yeah, this was like when we first got cable. I don't know, 87 or so. I think this played on TBS like three times a week. So uh, I'd seen this movie quite a bit. But uh, what did you think of Beastmaster? Well, I did read that they said when um, HBO, you know, kind of first started up, that it actually stood for, hey, Beastmaster's on. If only I had the Burt Reynolds laugh queued up. There you go. <laughs> um, okay, here's the deal with Beastmaster people, James Matthew. <laughs> when it first came out at the theater, it did, you know, moderate business, but nothing like to write home to mama about. And then when, you know, TBS, HBO, and these channels started up, it was playing on like a regular rotation. Now, I feel that there are several reasons that it became such a cult classic. Number one is for the ladies and for some of the gentlemen. Mm-hmm. Um, Mark Singer's body is pretty fucking, he's pretty fucking cut. That dude athletic. is like one half percent body fat. Yeah. I you gotta wish throw a little that bit. In. I was 
built like him because if I was, I would just have sex like constantly. <laughs> and, and this movie, uh, uh, the, his outfit definitely shows off his physique because there isn't much to it. And you get some side butt cheek a lot. Yeah. But, the, but there are a lot of scenes where he's doing something like either struggling, lifting something, hanging by his neck, uh, <laughs> or or trying to climb something where it's just showing off his muscles, you know. And then you have Tanya Roberts. Okay, now her role as Kiri, um, she was it was so they wanted to get Demi Moore, but. They decided that I guess the I don't know if it was the producer or who it was said no we're not going to get Demi Moore we we want Tanya Roberts well Tanya Roberts only claim to fame wait a minute uh, uh, um was <laughs> she replaced who'd she replace on Charlie's Angels she replaced somebody on Charlie's Angels Cyril <laughs> Ladd I can't remember but. Um, she, and then later on, she's on the seven, that '70s show with Ashton Kutcher and yeah, whoever yeah. else, Red or whatever his name was. She was um, in an episode of the Love Boat. Yeah, well, but she's hor- She is a horrible actress. Oh yeah, she's at, terrible at this time. I think she probably never left that realm. <laughs> that '70s show, she was pretty hot milf. Well, um, well, yeah. I mean, that's that's yeah. And um, you what get the fuck? to see she was in something called Almost Pregnant. What does that mean? Almost. <laughs> uh, that's when the, the chick tells you that, that <laughs> she missed her period, and then for about two or three weeks, you fucking are ready to kill yourself until she comes and tells you, "Oh, it was just an uh, uh what do you call it? A false alarm. A sex you... farce about a woman with an infertile husband who is desperate to get pregnant. She enlists the help of her neighbor and an in-law." Meanwhile, her husband begins an affair with the neighbor's wife. My it's life dire- is direct farce. to video. <laughs> <laughs> and she's the um, star of it. Tanya Roberts and Jeff Conaway. Yeah, Jeff Conaway. A, a hickey from Kanicki's like a Hallmark card. Uh, Daniel Ro- or Dan- um, uh, Dom DeLuise plays a doctor. <laughs> oh. oh, Joan Severance is in it. Yeah, oh, I love Joan Severance. Joan Severance is like makes Tanya Roberts look fucking like a she boy. might be. She might be the neighbor, so maybe Jeff Conway can. He leaves banging Ta- Tanya Roberts for Joan Severance. He could, Joan, he could do worse. Fucking Jeff Conway had better hair than Farrah Fawcett. Anyway, <laughs> but so anyway, you have Dar, who is I'm Dar. Dar, <laughs> My, what is your name, stranger? I am Dar. Uh, you have Dar. Yeah, okay. You know, it was, it was hard for me to keep all these fucking. It's like uh, when the Lucas was going to make Star Wars, and they said, "Man, you can't have all these fucked up names because people won't be able to remember them." Which, of course, you know, everybody, you know, old Ben Kenobi ends up being Obi Wan. But this one kind of gets me after you know a little bit because you have Dar and Kiri and Max is pretty easy. Uh, Zed, you know, um, but. Dar is the product of <laughs> okay. 
This I used to creep me out when I was a kid. It still creeped me out. This is yeah. fucking weird. Okay, you have this. Um, you have this king and queen or whatever, and um, and uh, then this. Uh, there's this weird cultish like Jim Jones, uh, leader. He's kind of reminds you a little bit of uh, False Doom from Conan, uh, which is James Earl Jones. Um, and he is surrounded. He's into this mysticism and shit. He has this mm. cult, and um, so the king comes and he's like, "Hey, motherfucker, this shit ain't gonna go here, law dog. Law <laughs> dog, go around here." No, but he tells him, um, he says, "You know, this is bullshit. You know, we don't we don't want you, this bullshit going on around here and everything." And he, uh, Rip Torn, plays uh, Max, who is the leader of the cult. Max. Torn, <laughs> yes. Rick Torn has a way of talking where he doesn't close his teeth all the way. Rip Torn like looks he like talks. he would constantly reek of menthol cigarettes. And he kind of has a crazy smile, like he's always uh, drunk, like when he was on the Larry Sanders show. Anyway, so Rip Torn is, is crazy creep, and I imagine he was probably shit-faced most of this thing because he was a notorious fucking shit-faced drunk. Oh, I I took this note. I forgot. I don't know if this says it on the um, the trivia on IMDb, but it says Coscarelli's original choice for Max was Klaus Kinski. Yeah, Klaus Kinski. Could you imagine? Oh my god! Could you imagine if it had been Klaus Kinski and Werner Herzog fucking directed this? <laughs> that would have been awesome. <laughs> and and you're going to go and stare at the Tanya Rabbit's tits as she flows through the water into in pending doom um <laughs> the shriek of the of the the eagle is it is an immense pain is beautiful um anyway mark singer is this fucking <laughs> uh chiseled goddamn chippendale motherfucker and he actually did play in a movie about chippendales uh with gregory harrison he wasn't the main guy though but um he got hooked on drugs and then it ruined his Chippendale career. <laughs> but Mark Singer was pretty fucking big at this time because he was such a fucking, you know, beefcake. Yeah. And, uh, he, uh, the, 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 uh, cult leader is like, you know, he's got these fucking, the people that follow him are like fanatics. I mean, they're like the SS in fucking Nazi Germany or something. And, um, uh, so he has these fucking witches. Uh, it's almost like a, uh, Rosemary's baby thing when we reviewed Rosemary's baby where they have like this (laughs) (laughs) when they have this this almost like satanic cult and they do this this shit where they they take the queen and they and they they take the queen who's pregnant and they do this these machinations and shit and they fucking end up taking the baby out of her and putting it in a cow. Oh, that used to gross me out so much when I was a it's, kid watching that. There's, there's still in this movie, there are several, there are lots of things in this movie that still are fucking weird as hell. That's the Coscarelli touch right there. Yeah, just weird and, and unnerving. Like there, there are those, um, these, these one um, creatures in this that are kind of like uh, almost like half human, half bird or something and they'll yeah, like wrap the, their... the, they they have like shower curtains on their arms yeah they're like and skin they... 
wings and they wrap them around people and then they just you just see the people's feet shaking and this yeah, the, this goop like, comes down cat, like in that cat vomit movie. comes pouring out of the box. Yeah, what was that show that that stupid ass uh, Nickelodeon show where they would put the green slime you on can, people? You can't do that on television. Yeah, shit would come down and then they they'd open their wings and there'd be nothing but bones, and that <laughs> was just, weird. They okay. That was one of the first. That's like when when you talk about like horror movies or whatever that you remember from childhood. That for whatever those things coming out, uh, like with doing the whole like bat flap noise that they do. Yeah. And the 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 things with the masks and the spiked gauntlets in this, both of those I remember like that's like nightmare fodder for me when I'm like ten years yeah. old. Well, both of them are the, stuck in my brain from then. The guys, the guys with the the demolition, it's like demolition. The wrestlers, yeah, they, had, yeah. they had their mask, and then they had their S this S and M gear. They reminded me more of like guys that would try and like um, in, in fucking cruising. You know, <laughs> they they kind of they were animalistic, and they they like if they did a bunch of poppers or something, and yeah. they were just like all fucked up, like like um. They, they, they sort of the, what they are is like um, Max, uh, the head of the cult. He um, he creates these uh, like uh, mindless uh, warriors, and but what they're like is almost like in um, uh, a Serbian film where they'd give him that drug, and then they'd just be like these these mindless fucking brutes. Mm-hmm. And and they just and the way they they walk like their balls are fucking like uh, as big as like each nut would be like as big as a a fucking uh, softballs, but they they're like like they walk like they're they're clacking together like they're in pain because they look so stupid. So I'm and trying to remember these... in this the way they kind of create those monsters, or is it just the the like the the wooden rod in the ear, or do they put something in their ear? They suck all your blood out, or they have some. They remove all your blood. I just they were watching, and uh, the this guy said was telling Dar. He says, uh, you know, this is how he creates these men or whatever. And they had this guy, and he's like, ah, you know, and he had the fucking S and M shit on. He's yeah, like, and they hammer that thing into his ear. But the, yeah. did they put? Some, did they, was there some kind of like? Am I confusing it with like Star Trek Two with the little worm right thing in the ear? Yeah, the, the ear. Kevin Sullivan used to talk about the ear wick, and it would get in your ear. <laughs> And it would get in the ear of like a water buffalo, and then it would just turn and turn and turn and until it until it died because it had that thing in its ear. And that's like the Wrath of Khan with uh, Chikov, Mr. Chikov. He put that fucking thing in his ear, and then it would like wrap around his cerebral cortex. I remember Ricardo Montalban specifically explaining that. <laughs> um, and um, that they would just become these crazy fuckers. Well, they they were that was good to an extent because they would just like walk into like if there was a machine gun, which they didn't have machine guns, this, but you know, they'd be the kind of guys that would just they have no fear, but they're also really stupid because <laughs> there's one of them and these fucking ferrets that um that Dar has because he's the beast master. They make a fool out of this one. He's like trying. He's chasing me, like, you know, and he walks like a fucking like a gorilla, you know, with his arms up over his head. And he's trying to smash him with those uh, pointy spiked arm things, and they're like running through fucking uh, a piece of pipe. And he's so damn dumb. And then Dar fights it, fights one of them, and he was just really dumb. Um, 
but they always they have like uh people like that and then those those uh uh skin fucking wing things and uh now there's some dis- also other disturbing stuff because like um uh, uh max uh, Mark. He's he's like a he's like a snake oil salesman because he is tricking these fucking people into uh, like worshiping their god, and he takes these like he took this little kid and fucking is like they they have like this pyramid thing and it's got a tra- like a slide thing that's like full of fire, and they they said you know if you if you want to uh, have good luck or you know the gods to smile on you or whatever you have to sack human sacrifice so they take these little kids and and here's rip torn up there takes this little kid holding him over and throws him right down the fucking fire which was pretty goddamn you know it's like if you think i mean that's a stupid movie but when you yeah. think about it it's like, oh my god well dar is not like up with that but anyway he one of the scenes that i remember a lot in this movie was um the first time that Dar comes across Tanya Roberts and she and one of her like little maiden friends are bathing and he's sitting there like a total fucking perv fucking yeah. spy. And he's got, let's see, what did he have? He had a, an Eagle. Uh, he, had the, he had the Eagle. He had the black tiger, black tiger, which two ferrets that was covered in shoe polish and the two ferrets. Oh, I and heard he, that he got that tiger got sick because of that. It probably did. <laughs> it got it like it died because of health problems from being colored painted black for the whole movie. God, um, he could see through the eagle's eyes, and he could control them all. But he could see through the eagle's eyes. I think he could probably see through the ever all He's, of his he eyes. He saw through the he could see through the panther's eyes too. It never showed him looking through the ferret's eyes, but he could tell them what to do. Yeah, he didn't give a fuck what they did because um, they were, like <laughs> stinky they little rat. To him and stuff, which was kind of stupid. It was that like little uh, sidekick thing going on Podo there. Podo and Podo, um, or whatever the fuck their names were. Yeah, Podo and was it Dodo? Kodo Kodo yeah. and Podo. And um, he he's watching Tanya Roberts now. She was she was like uh, like I said, she replaced I think maybe Cheryl Ladd on Charlie's Angels, and um, she was like the first angel that had like fairly big boobs so i remember that they were talking about how i'm like 36 d tits or whatever so she and she obviously didn't care about you know being naked you and see him you see some tiny robert boobage I I, well there was a couple times i thought i was going to see her cooch and then also <laughs> there were a couple times where i thought i was going to see john amos's uh junk and or his <laughs> his ass because he's like a he is the bodyguard for this little kid and um he's kind of like uh i always thought even when john amos was on good times and then he played the older kunta kente or toby in roots which they're remaking i think they already remade it it just hadn't been on tv yet why why do you need to remake that yeah well, then I was saying something to somebody about that, and they said that um, – I never knew this, but I guess Alex Haley, you know how they always said that um, – he said Roots was all about his family and all this and that, uh-huh. that it, it ended up – there was a lot of that was bullshit that he stole a lot of the story from – he got caught for like plagiarism. Oh, wow. And, 
bunch of the story, and they said it's a, a lot of it was just lifted from other people's books and work. Um, but I always thought he was, you know, I think it was maybe it was when he was on Roots, because Roots kind of had a, a theme at one point that was almost like a. Well, what was there? A Mandingo, you know, where they would go to the, um, to the, um, maybe I'm getting confused with Mandingo. But anyway, but like, you know, <laughs> you had Burton who was, uh, you know, Kunta Kinte. And he was, he, he was like over. kind of young Kunta Kinte. Yeah, he got brought over as a slave. And then later on, when he grew up, he was John Amos. But what I was going to say is John Amos always, you know, had a, big chest and was muscular and everything. And then, so he was good in this. And, um, he, uh, he had like this, uh, wooden staff and he'd beat the fuck out of people with it. And, uh, now there was one part where, um, the ferrets would steal shit all the time, bring it back. So Dar had this little, uh, as my grandma, they stole Tanya Roberts clothes. Yeah. And he stole, he stole her clothes. And then I thought it was funny when, uh, Dar was trying to, he, he tried to get the, the tiger to seem menacing so he could pretend he was saving her so he could cop a feel. <laughs> and then, uh, of course, you know, she was like all fucking goo goo gaga. Cause if you looked at all any of the other people in the movie, they weren't built like him, you know? So when she saw his ass, she tried to play coy for a little bit, but you know, she was ready to rock and roll. And he told John Amos that, that this little kid, I didn't like that little kid at all. The one that was the, you know, the prance tell you or what, whatever. Little kids in 80s action movies typically suck. <laughs> annoying or... Fucking, or like that just, little kid in Red Sonja, you remember him? Yes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, they shouldn't even have made that movie because fucking Bridget Nielsen was like flat-chested. Anyway, at that time. <laughs> they should have waited. And I didn't like... I don't like her at all. I never did. Um, she had no butt. I don't know. That's I can't remember if I saw the red song. Did, didn't they remake that movie? They were going to remake it with Rose, Rose McGowan, and then she fell off a fucking horse and got hurt, and then they just kind of shit canned it. Now, did um, they? Did they? Was she? Did, did that Red Sonja character appear in that new Conan movie? I no, feel like I've I seen. Oh, okay, maybe not. Rose McGowan was in it, but she played like a witch. She played like. Oh, okay. That's okay. And let me that's tell you something else about this movie. Oh, why don't we talk about this? Nah, yeah. The fucking witches in this, they had like from they showed them at first from the back, and they had like nice bodies. They all they have had, nice bodies and horrible faces. Yeah, they had like these fucking deformed or like a burn up deformed faces, which were really weird. So yep. you can, you know, I, I, they were like a what? You, what do you call that when somebody has a? A butterface. Butter <laughs> yeah, they were butterfaces. Like, I totally have the note. Damn, that witch has a nice body. <laughs> it did, and then and then that um that ring that guy was creepy too. Like the ring? even when I was a kid, the ring. Oh, the, the eyeball ring. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and then of course that stupid little bastard fucking wears the goddamn thing because Dar was <laughs> like, "Here, why don't you put this? On? You can have it if you want it." Dar, you know, and so then the little fucking they got to spy the whole goddamn time. But this is a very violent movie. Yeah. Um, but it's fairly seemed like it's you know fairly low budget. But like the oh, fight definitely. and the adventure stuff with like Dar fucking kind of swinging around, running, and he does a couple of, of like drop kicks to like he does one to a guy that's on fire, 
And, um, you know, it's pretty cool. He's very, you know, he was, you could tell it was Mark Singer doing a lot of the stuff. He's pretty athletic. Um, Tanya Roberts was pretty useless. There was a couple of times where she, I think like once or twice where she maybe like threw a, threw a knife, you know, and it's stuck in the guy, a person saved somebody. But for the most part, she was kind of like the, the woman in peril or damsel in distress. Like this big gates coming down and it just happens to fucking get her, you know, cloak or whatever. So she's like, oh, you know, come save me and shit. You know, and so she was, even though she had a nice pair of tits, she was kind of a pain in the ass. And she was such a, she was a really horrible actress. Yeah. And uh, uh, so, but, you know, it's like, uh, like Dar, Kiri, if you looked at all the other women in the movie, you know, she was, you know, there's not like, you know, she was like the goddamn hottest piece of ass. I don't know if I should say on the planet, but they lived in a pretty shitty, you know, fucking. That didn't look like a fun place to live. They lived in a pretty shitty area for chicks, you know. <laughs> but John Amos, Dar said something. He he saw this necklace. He goes, "Where did you get this? Explain, explain to me. Where do you? Where did you get this?" And he's like, "I got it from a slave girl." <laughs> Liar! Where'd you get this? You know, it's like Dar's like, did I stutter? I got it for she. That's no slave girl. So you had a bunch of shit about you know who was who and who really was who and blah blah blah. Yeah, but and as the, many times as I've seen it, I never remember that stuff. Well, it's kind of because it, the movie's kind of long. It's yeah, longer it is. Than it needed to be because, you, like, it, when you had the one part where you had the fucking uh, Rip Torn, which is a great name. Uh, and, you know, of course, he's the nemesis. And there's I don't know how many damn different times Tanya Roberts gets captured. And then you got the fucking blind guy. But you, you think, OK, well, they they you have the whole thing with Rip Torn. He's the whole fuck. He's the he's the, the nemesis and everything. And then they have what happens with him. And then it goes on for 20 more fucking minutes <laughs> because then here comes like a whole horde of these fucking douchebag guys and then the one guy was definitely which came, which came first was it this or conan the barbarian probably conan the barbarian conan yeah yeah yeah. yeah. This, was a, they, this was definitely inspired by conan i'd say yeah one dude on the horse uh the big dude on the horse that had like the the um well uh, you know what conan was also released in 1982 hmm, hmm let's see I'm gonna. Well, I'm, need, you keep talking. I'm gonna look up and see well, what the I will months say of this. Are. This the the book that this is based on. Uh, Ooh, was, this is based on a book. Yeah, <laughs> it did not take place like during these times. It took place in the future, and and Dar was like a. It was another. It had another name. It wasn't Dar, but he was like a Navajo warrior in like. It was like a sci-fi kind of a thing took place like a maybe a post-apocalyptic or something like that in the I think future. I'd rather see that. Yeah, it sounded pretty cool, actually. It's, <laughs> it's also known as Invasion Junk in Argentina. Invasion <laughs> <laughs> Junk. <laughs> I'll tell you what. This Chile, is. Argentina, and Peru is known as Invasion Junk. Invasion Junk. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, or in, in Spain, it's El Señor de las Bestias. <laughs> the Sir of the Beasts. I, I, the one thing that is kind of missing from this movie is, um, uh, was there any, bro? I didn't really get any kind of bromance 
uh, that's one thing I think that that was lacking in this was some bromance and some there's there's homoeroticism uh, just because of uh, you know uh, the 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 fucking uh, S and M dudes running around you know yeah. and then uh, and then fucking singer and John Amos and how they dress with their butt cheeks hanging out and everything. the little kid was totally worthless they could have left him out and had John Amos just come in and be kind of yeah. a partner to Mark Singer yeah, it would have been a lot better and and I could see like. If like Patrick Swayze played Dar, and then uh, you had <laughs> Ben Gazzara as as Max, and then like Sam Elliott, it would be this would be like Roadhouse. It, you know, you gotta have some uh, and Jimmy from Ro- from Roadhouse. <laughs> well, but with the exception of Max, all the other bad guys are pretty much like just cannon fodder. They're like stormtroopers. They don't really yeah, have any kind the, of person. There and the 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 one dude that looked the coolest. I don't know what his name was, but the guy that looked like he was from Mad Max. Yeah. Uh, he, I, I love his costume was great, and like his weapon was so fucking cool. It was like a mace with like yeah. he push a button and blades would come off, uh, mm-hmm. come off of it. And like I thought he was the coolest one, and you hardly see anything with him. You see him right at the beginning, and then again at the end. The, the, yeah, he has a he has a f- kind of final battle thing, but he was a, to me was a definite ripoff of a uh, fucking a character from Conan the Barbarian. Um, but this one is just fucking it's so bad it's good. Singer's not really like a a good actor, but even if he was, you know, you have like lines like "I am Dar," you know, and shit <laughs> like that. Um, These movies released at almost the same time. They were only like a couple months apart. Something that kind of made me sad was I looked up Mark Singer today, and he's like 68 years old. Oh. You know, but it, honest to God, it, I know. I mean, time moves on, but I always think of Mark Singer is going to look if you saw him at like some horror convention or something. He just looked like this. You know, <laughs> he should never get old. I never want to see him. Yeah. I, want, I want to forever remember him as the Beast Master. And they made like, what, three or four of them? Well, they made three of these, and then they had a TV show. Now, he wasn't in the TV show, but he was in the sequels, the movie sequels. But I remember, if, I, if I'm if i remembering correctly, like in the next one, he had his hair kind of like blonde, like even more blonde. It looked weird. I don't know that and I've ever seen about, any of the other ones. Well, the other one is on YouTube because as soon as I finished watching the first one, it goes over to Beastmaster 2. <laughs> and I don't think either one of the other ones was was as good. Yeah. I, I might have seen the second one. Definitely have never seen the third one. And I did not watch the TV show when it was on. I am dar. Um, I don't have a whole, else, a whole much else to add. For me... This is this this movie's hard for me to look at objectively because I've seen it so many times. It's a, it's a nostalgia trip. If I want to look at it objectively, it's kind of a shitty movie, but it's fun. Um, oh bull! What do you mean? It's what do you mean a shitty movie? Kind of a shitty movie. Uh, I, I, I know exactly what you're saying. Coscarelli. It's and I know Will and Sammy have talked about this before. This, the guy knows how to spend spend his movie money. He uh, he. Well, you saw with I don't know if you ever saw John dies at the end. Um, all of his no, movies are always low budget, and but he 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 gets a lot out of that. So he's always been good at that. He did the um, uh, the Phantasm 
uh, movies. I don't know Wing, if you've seen Wings any of Hauser those. Beastmaster Two, I think. What's that? I think Wings Hauser is in Beastmaster Two also. Uh, John dies at the end. Bubba Hotep that we mentioned earlier. I like that one. Yeah. So he's doing something Phantasm Ravager now. Oh, and Bubba Nosferatu Curse of the She Vampires. Yes. Oh, that would be good. (laughs) The prequel to Bubba Hotep finds Elvis shooting a film in Louisiana when he runs afoul of a coven of She Vampires. There you go. She Vampires. She Vampires. Um, the, I always thought it was funny. I always hated when I was, uh, when I was younger. Oh, look at his blonde hair. Jesus Christ. Yeah. It doesn't look, I mean, you know, um, bleached. I, I always hated seeing the dog get shot by the crossbow when I was a kid. And, but it's funny watching it now. Cause this is really close to the beginning, but the dog is like saving Dar's life. Cause Dar's unconscious and he's dragging them to safety. And the dog is just kind of tugging on his collar or whatever, and uh, Mark Singer is just sliding slow, so cleanly across the ground. <laughs> There's no fucking way this dog is dragging his ass. I always thought that was funny. Um, and I did read, which I thought was funny too, uh, it's shitty about the tiger, and I guess you could see this is animal cruelty too, but the, the eagle they had wouldn't fly. So to solve that, they would take it up in a hot air balloon <laughs> and drop it. <laughs> Jesus. So they could, so they would fly and they could film it actually in flight because it wouldn't cooperate. It would never take off. So they just and of all things, a hot air balloon. Is, <laughs> it's so weird, but they would take it up in a hot air balloon and just drop it so it would make it fly so they could film it in the air. <laughs> God. Um, but um, the and I used to do when I was a kid that that twirly sword move he does. <laughs> I used to do that when I would be, you know, you play swords or whatever. Uh, that that was that was a go-to move, definitely. Kind of well, hold the sword. He had that sword. one thing, like it was almost like a boomerang thing, except he he would throw. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. That I, I don't know what I don't that's know what called. That you think that 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 kind of thing, you'd throw it once and you'd never see it again. When you tried to catch it, it would fucking cut your damn hand fingers off, <laughs> like in uh, Mad um, Max. Yeah, the sword fighting was was all right in this, I guess. Um, but yeah, I definitely I would shit my pants as a kid when he saw the like swamp thing, bat ghosts, <laughs> whatever the hell they are. Yeah. <laughs> uh, those things used to really scare me. Um, they were gross. And the oh, and the eagle carries a kid at once, and instead of a that looks a, stupid. a dummy drop, it was a dummy flopping around with an eagle. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I mean, this movie's hard for me to shit on too much just because I, I grew up with it. So, but I don't have a lot else to add. What would you rate it? As a cult movie, like a 10. I mean, it was so fucking, it's, it's just a fucking legendary movie. You're sticking with a 10. Uh, sure. What's wrong with that? <laughs> no, I give it a seven. I, I think it's. I think it's. I think it's fun. I. I. I, I think it's tier comes to like. Uh, you know, so bad it's good movies. It's like the. It's like the fucking. Uh, the. Uh, uh, Citizen Kane. I don't know that it's that for me anymore. I don't know. I've. I've I might have. I might have finally outgrown it a little bit. As many times as I've seen it, I guess. When I went back this time, I, there was definitely the moments for me that I would hit, and then. 
some of the other like you like you said it's just long and like I don't know I wasn't digging it the whole time so but I'm you sure I'll see it again I'm, I, it's, it's something I've seen quite a bit <laughs> you've right. lost the spirit to, of life yeah go seek out the beast master go get a guinea pig and a and a squirrel and a, that would be that would be my like I wouldn't have cool animals like a fucking black tiger and an eagle. I would have a guinea pig and a fucking squirrel as my uh, yeah. as my spirit animals. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be like, put the big guinea pig down, Tim. All right, yeah, I need you to run to the other side of this door and unlock it for me, and then it would just like fall asleep on the floor. <laughs> It'd poop all over the place. <laughs> uh, all right, let's take a break and come back and talk about one that I was shocked to find that Zom had not seen, uh, Beetlejuice. We'll be right back. as they discuss music-related movies. iTunes, Facebook, or download direct from seehere.podbeam.com. The See Here Podcast. It's a blast. Far out. Bad editing. I didn't know this song was so long to start. Anyway, <laughs> uh, Beetlejuice. I should have played the fucking uh, what's his face song. Oh, here we go. All right. Uh, speaking of Pee Wee, Beetlejuice, nineteen eighty-eight, uh, directed by Tim Burton. Zom, would you care to synopsize? A couple of recently deceased ghosts contract contract the services of a bio exorcist. Is it con- contract? Is that con- contract or contract? Yeah. Contract the services of a bio exorcist in order to remove an obnoxious new owners of their house. <laughs> in order to remove the obnoxious new owners of their house. All and right. My bifocals are getting fucking. <laughs> so, as I said, directed by uh, Tim Burton. Now, this oh. is. What's that? Never heard of him. 
Never heard of him. He this is only his second second feature after Pee Wee's Big Adventure, and then Batman was was to come. Gee gee gee, Batman come. Um, what the this is starring uh Alec Baldwin, a very skinny Alec Baldwin, um, a skinny Gina Davis. She was always skinny though. A Catherine O'Hara and um. That other guy that was in uh, Ferris Bueller, what's his name? Jeffrey Jones. Mm-hmm. Didn't something creepy go on with him? I don't know. Um, I can't remember. I have to look that up. And uh, of course, Michael Keaton. Cavett. Now, Michael Keaton in this. Gotta say, it's an hour and a half movie. He's probably only in it for like. 10 or 15 minutes, even though the movie's named oh, after wait, him. Wait, 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 wait. In November of 2002, after having been accused of hiring a 14-year-old boy to pose for sexually explicit photographs, oh, no. Jones was charged with one felony count of employing a minor for the purpose of taking sexually explicit photos and a misdemeanor count of possession of child pornography. Oh, no. He is a convicted, placed on the convicted sex offender register uh, given five years probation, ordered to undergo counseling. The misdemeanor charge of possession of control of Chopra. I'm not laughing at that. I just farted again. I'm sorry. I ate a lot of uh, raw um, <laughs> spinach, and it made me bloated. Like, you can't – I even looked it up. You're not supposed Lots to of eat, fiber. Like, too much. It's too much. If you eat, I, I like a whole giant bowl. I'll tell you what, spinach is actually more nutritious if you cook it. Oh, really? I don't know why, See, but I, it I unlocks like it. Some, all the vitamins. So if you cook spinach first. But I will say this: no matter how much I fart, I, I'm not as reprehensible as Jeffrey Jeffrey uh, Jones. Jeffrey, uh, Jeffrey Jones. Yeah, that's too bad. I didn't even approach a 14 year old to fucking do that. I mean, you know. God, what a creep, a jerk! Um, now that puts a that puts a, a fucking whatchamacallit on this on this, uh, <laughs> this view. Let's separate his personal life from his uh, 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 abilities as. Artist. Well, we don't have to too much because honestly, he doesn't play a huge part in this anyway. Uh, this is, and like I said, which is interesting, despite uh, despite not being in more than. 75% of the movie um Michael Keaton is, is he runs away with this one. This is the Michael Keaton show and this is what I've always loved about Beetlejuice. So I like the I like that concept. You know, you, you mentioned it in the in the synopsis the the bio exorcist and it took until I was an adult to even understand what the hell that meant. <laughs> but it's like a go like you know whereas where uh, an exorcist would come in and rid a house of ghosts, a bio-exorcist comes in to, he's a ghost that comes in and rids a house of living people or things. So, and uh, kind of a neat concept. And um, it, Beetlejuice, well, the you have uh, Adam and Barbara Maitland, played by Alec Baldwin and Gina Davis. Um, they live in this weird little quaint town I think it's supposed to be New Hampshire, and they filmed it in Vermont, or it's the other way around. They're kind of the same thing anyway, right? Yeah. And <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, kind of. And it looks like 
it, and, and it's a neat way, and, and Tim Burton does this with the use of miniatures, but even like the shots of this town look like they would be something that would be built in a miniature. So it's kind of neat the way he plays with that because Alec Baldwin's character is building kind of a miniature version of their quaint little New Hampshire slash Vermont town up in the attic. Neat little thing he's building too. And I like the way they do it, how they kind of jump between the miniature and the and real life in this. But um, they're going out. He needs something from the store. Gina G- G- Davis goes with him. And they're in a, uh, a, a shitty car accident. This little scruffy pooch. <laughs> uh, makes them drive off one of those covered bridges, the bridges of Madison County, and uh, they uh, they they crash through. It was pretty, you know, it's pretty silly that, that that Tim Burton humor with the dog standing on one end of the the board that's holding their car. <laughs> you know, that's that that's the that's the weight enough to keep them from toppling over. But um, they wander back home and realize after they get there through various um, uh, things that happen to them. They find a book, and the, they go outside, and the sandworm tries to eat them. They figure out they're dead. Um, they've, they've died actually a few months prior, and they've wandered back into this house and dried, and into their house and dried off. And um, they come to discover uh, that their house has been sold, well, since they're no longer living. But they still are there, just nobody knows it yet. So they they kind of they don't dig that, especially with the group that moves in. It's uh, it's that's that's Catherine O'Hara. Um, oh, I didn't mention Winona Ryder. She's the other other lady that comes in. Jeffrey Jones, Catherine O'Hara, and their daughter uh, Lydia, played by Winona Ryder. Um, they're especially Catherine. Catherine O'Hara is really funny in this. Um, now was she? I never watched Saturday. Night, was she Saturday Night Live? Was that her thing? Hmm. Where do I know her from? I never watched Saturday Night Live too much, so I don't know she if that was... was uh, she was she was the mother in Home Alone. She was the SCTV. That was her. That was her. Oh, okay. Thing. Yeah. Um. God, what else has she been in? Was she in Coneheads or something? Was that her? No, that was um. That was somebody else. Dave Thomas. She was with that After Hours. God, I don't know where I would know her from otherwise. You didn't see Home yeah. Alone? Home Alone. Well, yeah, Home Alone. I've seen, but hmm. Anyway, what about Pippi Longstocking? Never saw that one. She was in Wyatt Earp. <laughs> <laughs> Pippi oh, I know. I've seen her in a bunch of shit. Yeah, I know. That's what I'm looking. At. I'm looking through. Oh, bet you know what? She's in that group. She's in the uh, Christopher Guest uh, group, like Best in Show. Sorry, not live. No, no, oh, no. Yeah, Best yeah, in yeah, Show, yeah, Mighty yeah. Wind. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, that's that's, that's probably where I recognize her face most from. Is she the she is she the one that said it uh, in uh, Planes, Trains, and Automobiles that says you're fucked? No, that's um. She was in Ferris Bueller. She played uh that Jeffrey Jones's uh kind of secretary in Ferris Bueller. Um, I wonder if he tried to like uh, finger Ferris Bueller. Oh. Uh, he's probably too, Ferris Bueller's probably too old. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think Matthew Broderick was like twenty in that movie. Anyway, yeah. um, way too old. He had pubes by then. Pubes. The, uh, that's just gross. Pubes. I don't know her name. Ooh, Nobody wants pubes anymore. Christy Swanson. Oh, yeah, she's a looker. A looker. She probably still is. Anyway. 
Um, I would so drive a Volvo station wagon, by the way. I would I, I love those You know, cars. I was looking at those old ones that were yeah. real kind of... I love those. Yeah. And now I looked up the ones that everything's real rounded now. It doesn't even, they don't even look like Volvos. Now, if you look go back those. far enough, look at some of the, they, cause they made round ones before the, maybe even in the seventies, but they were used to be really round and they were really cool. Like a sixties Volvo station wagon. Take, take a look at that. If you ever, if you think about it, but Oh, here you go. I took the note. It takes place in Connecticut, but filmed in Vermont. Jesus Christ. New, <laughs> New Hampshire is thrown in there too. So, um, now, you're introduced to Beetlejuice pretty early, but you don't see his face for quite a while. Um, you kind of catch him uh, uh, reading a paper about kind of uh, undead uh, news, and the, the, the headline of the story is Sandworm Incidents Up 13%. <laughs> and the, the sandworms in this movie are very a very Tim Burton thing. Uh, they're done like claymation. Goon. No, the, no, no, um, no, not Goon, Dune. Dune, oh, yeah. Yeah, the you know Sandworms. Well, I mean, of course, in these, they look, he wants everything in this to look fakey or like old. Fanciful, uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, like, and they're like claymation. Like yeah. And there you go, back to that question from the last show of a movie we, we gave up on and never went back, Dune. Never finished it. Boring. I will never watch that fucking movie. <laughs> sorry, uh, sorry, El Goro. Um... Well, that the movie fucking sucked, but the the goddamn documentary of, uh, which of course Yodorowsky didn't even make that movie. That was yeah, uh, I'd lo- I, w- I would I would have watched his, um, but yeah, and even he movie. said that the, he he laughed because the it's it sucked so bad. Ugh. I remember that movie because. coming out in the theater. I don't know what I would have been seeing at the time. I what saw it in the theater. It sucked because I mean you Dune. know you got this big buildup of how. What you know, this these uh, so legendary the the books and all this and that and you know and then Star Wars had been out. You're like, oh, this is going to be the next Star Wars. We went to see it. We're like, what the fucking hell? Yo, movies released in December <laughs> 1984. Because I would have gone to the theater to see something, and I remember the po- the poster for Dune. Huh. Anyway, um. I don't know why I'm getting so off track with that. Ghostbusters came out that year. Maybe I'll see Ghostbusters. The uh, I didn't see many movies in the theater as a kid. That's why I got stuck on that just then. Anyway, you Catherine shelter. O'Hara uh, uh, and the um, the what's Lydia's last name? I never write down character names in my notes. I should. Uh, the Dietz family. So the Dietz family are coming in, and particularly Catherine O'Hara. She's kind of that. Uh, pretentious 80s artist type uh, (laughs) character. And and Lydia's uh, very goth. She's depressed, and she has the most amazing Polaroid camera known to man because uh, that shit just spits out (laughs) pictures. (laughs) Old school. uh, No, it's not like the the Polaroid. It's like, and like one picture falls out. She's clicking that button, and the picture's just flying out, which is pretty crazy. You knew back in the day when if somebody had one of those cameras... You know the Instamatic yeah. that uh, more than likely, uh, especially like if if like a married couple had one of those, that more than likely there were some dirty pictures around the house. <laughs> <laughs> yep, I had one. Um, I had one a few years ago. Uh, it's it stopped working though because Polaroid film's hard to find. There's some there's some yeah. other companies that kind of made the Instamatic film again. But I found a, a, an old Polaroid camera at um, I don't know a flea market or something. 
And I got some film for it, but the the camera ended up stopping working. So it would actually, when the picture would here's, come here's out, it was like a question. Yeah. Is it a myth that is it a myth that if you would shake those, they would develop faster? Yeah. Nothing makes when they them come develop out, faster. Shake them. Yeah, there's yeah, nothing. I wouldn't think so. I'll tell you what. It, it, instead of shaking them, I ha- one of my aunts always said, "Keep it warm." Yeah. And so I, we would like rest it against our chest or something to try to make it. But no, it nothing makes them develop faster. <laughs> I think the shaking thing just gave you something to do while you waited. Yeah, yeah. It didn't even take that long for them to. No, no. Uh, uh, but they're neat. I, I'd still if I. But yeah, that one I got ended up not working very well. God damn it! I'm way off track again. Anyway. Um, so the Dietzes are coming in and they're totally taking this quaint country home and kind of, uh, making it, I don't know the kind of, I don't know what that design style would be called. Um, kind of like that postmodern minimalist, like, but, but very eighties, lots of square shit and black and white. And, um, now uh, Jeffrey Jeffrey Jones character he I mean he likes it how it is but he kind of lives under the thumb of, of Catherine O'Hara's character anyway, um, but the so they they're not happy the the um, Alec Baldwin and uh, Gene Davis are they're not happy about what's happening to their house, um, so they're trying to figure out ways now of scaring these people away and they, you know they have some pretty pretty lame attempts at first and it doesn't help that the no, nobody can see them except for Winona Ryder, and she's not scared of them. So I thought that was pretty funny, though, when, uh, she, uh, was it Gina Davis hanging by her neck in the closet, and the guy's like, yeah. oh, my God, and he just pushes her out of the way. Look how tiny this closet is, that kind of stuff. <laughs> so they got their designer, Otho, who actually still might be in style now. He's got, like, a pompadour and uh, wears tiny little suits and has big, bright red shoes, and he might, he might, uh, he might still be in style now. Uh, in a hipster kind of way, but um, he was in the shitty uh, Tim Burton Planet of the Apes movie. Was he? Glenn? Yeah. Sh- what a name! Shadix? Shadix. He was in Demolition Man. Oh, I forgot he was in Demolition Man. You didn't like that one very much. Oh, he just looks completely normal now. He just looks like a dude. That's disappointing. Just a dude. Yeah. I wanted I wanted him to still look like Otho. Yeah, he he's riding the uh, Tim Burton uh, coattails there, yeah, which are pretty good to... coattails to ride. Yeah, you could do worse. Why not? Um, now when they find the book, this is when uh, they find this book. It's like the handbook for the recently deceased, which is a pretty funny yeah. name. <laughs> they pass out when you die. <laughs> yeah, move to the end of the line. And it's and it, and oddly, it's a real book, not like a ghost book because everybody in in the movie can pick it up and look at it. Um, but when they figure that out, that's how they figure out to get to like the waiting room for the dead of like what to do after you've died. It's like, I guess it's purgatory. I don't know, but it's funny yeah. that it's kind of like this bureau- bureaucracy. <laughs> it's like a waiting room and uh, like a, just a, a boring office. They got the one guy that looks like he was run over by a big uh, uh, garbage truck he like he goes like a around whole football on a team. Yeah, the dead which I thought was kind of weird that why would the guys be dressed in their shoulder pads and helmets and be traveling? In that? <laughs> <laughs> um I guess you had to know they were football players. But you got the flat guy, he like he goes around on a on a wire, which is pretty funny. He's just hanging there and he just like 
You got the one guy, also another guy hanging by a noose, kind of swinging around the office, dropping papers on people's desks. Um, but it's a neat little thing. Uh, the The costuming here looks really good. Um, I think the guy might have won an Oscar for costumes in this movie. Um, but the, those are some of the neat effects. And then they had their caseworker, um, this little old lady. Or did they get the? I know. Didn't they get special uh, Oscar for special effects? Uh, let me look that up. One one Oscar. Costumes? Let's see. It won an Oscar for best makeup. There you go. Best makeup. Okay. Well, there you go. Yep. Um, but yeah, and the, the, they had their little caseworker lady who seems just like a you know a chain smoking little old lady, but it looked like her throat had been slit and smoke <laughs> yeah. comes pouring out of her neck all the time. That was cool. Um, yeah, pretty gruesome but funny. Um, the so. They're they're stuck in the red tape there. They're kind of left on their own. They can't figure out how to scare these people away. Ooh, and that's sorry. where the, the 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 temptation of Beetlejuice comes in. And Beetlejuice, like I said, you see him at the beginning, but you don't know exactly who it is. But he's the he's a bio exorcist that works on the side. He doesn't he doesn't work through the the agency in the uh, in the purgatory or whatever it is. Um, he, I guess he's a demon. He's got a name spelled like one. Um, yeah, it's not nope. spelled like it is on the. Um, yeah, on, it's it's spelled like post. Beetle Guys, and like I think Alec Baldwin actually pronounces it that way once. B e t e l, um, he's some sort of demon, and he's kind of the. I guess he's the shortcut for them. You have to say his name three times for him to come out, but he has. I swear, that is one of the best like introductions to a fucking character ever like I, lo- I i still love it to this day he lives in their model like their model has changed he's got this like grave in the uh, in the graveyard of the, of the of alec baldwin's model in the attic and there's a giant sign pointing down to it like neon lights and they say his name and they they end up shrinking down and they have to dig him out it's a neat little thing they have to dig him out of his grave. Like I don't know how many times. Don't fucking do this. <laughs> yeah, don't fuck with Beetlejuice. He's gonna, you'll regret it. But yeah. I love that when they dig him out of the grave, and instead of like grass and stuff, it's actually like little egg crate foam grass and pieces of cardboard <laughs> they're digging out. Dig it. Um, but his <laughs> his his intro is fantastic. I'm not, I'm not going to repeat the uh, the whole thing he says, but. I really laugh when Alec Baldwin asks him what his credentials are and the the whole line about uh, seeing the exorcist about 167 times and it keeps getting funnier every time. Did you and, see uh, who was supposed they want, uh, was supposed to play the part of Beetlejuice or who they wanted? Yeah. Sammy, <laughs> Sammy <laughs> Davis <laughs> Jr. Which now that I, th- when you think about it, I was like, I'd pay to see that. <laughs> I would pay to see that too. That would be weird. I don't know. That would definitely be a different movie. Well, could you imagine Sammy Davis Jr. saying, uh, "Honking his honking his nuts" and saying, "Yeah, it's fucking model." Because the 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 actual (laughs) story was a lot uh, like Beetlejuice was a lot more of a like he wanted to rape the Rodona Ryder character and like uh, he was it was a lot darker and a lot meaner. Yeah, well, I mean, you kind of got that anyway. Like he was a he was a definitely a, a, a dirty guy like i love the i love the part they to kind of distract beetlejuice to help rescue them that their caseworker drops a whorehouse on the model <laughs> yeah i, I all hope of a sudden, one of these days 
with um, with CGI and you know all this stuff that one day they'll be able to to make this with Sammy Davis Jr. You know, because I think that would be fucking funny, man. Well, they they uh, I know that the I, I know it's still kind of in the works, maybe of having a sequel to this of Beetlejuice, and it's supposed to be like tropical or something. Jesus Christ, yeah. Michael Keaton's been on a roll lately. You know? Yeah. Um. Oh yeah, you watched uh you watched that um. Spotlight. I don't think you mentioned it. You watched Spotlight. Did yeah. you like Spotlight that? Spotlight was excellent. Yeah, I watched yeah. it again this past week. It was it was really good. I, that's a good movie. Rec- recommend it. Uh, it's fine. You can go ahead. I, I I just started recording. More behind the scenes. My computer's shitting the bed, major. And uh, we just lost some stuff. Uh, some some gold. Talking about uh, uh, Art Bar from <laughs> from Pacific Northwest, and who knows. Anyway. Tom, what would you like to say about the movie Beetlejuice? <laughs> well, I did have one pearl when I brought up Art Barr, who wrestled as Beetlejuice. Right. That I don't know if I would say that this connects the the the, the using the character Beetlejuice definitely connects it. But he was also a registered sex offender because uh, he was no. convicted of raping a, a girl. Uh, uh, or having sex with an underage chick fan. Man, that is so, the, that's the trend of the day, damn it. Uh, but, you know, what are you going to do? Um, I thought this movie was good. I recommend it. Uh, <laughs> I do think that it would be something that you could watch with, uh, you know, I don't think I would watch it with like a... Six-year-old or anything. But. Yeah, but I mean, you know, if, you know, 12, something like that, they could handle it. It's funny. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, and I, I'm sorry this review is going to be ending in a wet fart, but I'm getting frustrated with this shit, and we're just trying to get something done before my computer decides to shit the bed again. So, Yeah. Um, yeah. What would you rate this? Hmm. I would give this one an 825 I think it's good. Um, I really like the special effects and everything. Um, for the most part, uh, uh, it's you know it's hard it's it's hard to rate a comedy, especially something this unique. Yeah. Because there's not a lot to compare it to. But um, I don't know if it made it in the recording because I don't know what I had to delete. But we did. I we were trying to think of anything to compare this to, and the only thing I could think of that had a similar but more morose thing was was Edward Scissorhands. Which is obviously Tim Burton as well. So, it's this is a hard one because it's like, um, it just it's towing that line between kind of dirty humor at times and right. comedy and horror and yeah, and I mean, it's not really. If I could say that it's 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 dated or not because there's nothing in it that really. Well, I guess you know just the the you know how the snobby people. Yeah, are. the Dietz family has an '80s feel, definitely. Right. But, or at least maybe not Lydia. Lydia's being goth, but uh, uh, the mom, Car- Catherine O'Hara, definitely feels eighties and and uh, and Otho. Um, but their artwork and stuff like that. But I, I agree with you. I, I, I give it an eight point five. I love this movie. I like I said, wore out the VHS. Um, this has nostalgia, but I still think it's a very solid and uh, unique movie. Um, I I. 
I don't know. I'm definitely I am tentative about having a, a, a sequel. I don't know. Again, I don't know what has made this recording <laughs> what hasn't. So if we've talked about that, I'm sorry. Um, but the part of the magic of this for me has always been the practical effects of it because they don't look realistic, but I know that's on purpose because that's kind of his Tim Burton's style. And that's part of the, part of the charm of this is that, you know, it doesn't look entirely real ever. Even, even the parts that happen in reality don't look real at times with the whole, you know, like I said, jumping back and forth with the model versus uh, their town, that sort of thing. So, I would it's, like to have seen some of uh, more uh, or uh, some of uh, Alec Baldwin's chest hair. <laughs> he was a fuzzy bunny, that guy. He yeah, probably he's still is. Good. Oh, yeah. But, um, yeah, high grades from us. High recommend if you haven't seen it and revisit it if you have. It's still, it still holds up if you ask me. So, um, All right. Again, before things totally collapse, we have a little bit of feed sack, just one. Uh, so we're going to play that and then uh, wrap things up. Here we go. If I could get it open. Here we go. Hey, dorks. This is your uh, listener, Dave from Texas. How y'all doing? Um, I uh, just got finished. Uh, I'm sitting in my car <laughs> right now. I'm just finishing listening to the latest episode. And uh, great, as always. Like three weeks uh, ago. Uh, Striker Talk is cool. And... Uh, but on the, the intruder note, I was wondering if y'all had I, – I, I just cannot honestly remember if y'all covered this, but uh, that the Andy Griffith film called Facing the Crowd. No, uh, we have not. It's similar subject matter and uh, arguably better than the intruder and, and more uh, apropos for what's going on kind of currently Trump. about kind of populist bullshit in, in politics. Um but uh, just a, a truly, truly great film, you know. I don't, again, I don't know if y'all want to cover that. Uh, want to cover that so soon uh, after y'all did the Intruder, but uh, so fuck that and do uh, <laughs> Battleground from 1946 uh, about the uh, uh, Told the Bulge that was made like less than a year after the actual event, uh, paired with Sam Fuller's uh, Steel Bayonets, so that would a uh, Korean War film ah, uh, that is just absolutely kick-ass uh so uh that one or you could do uh enemy, enemy below with old uh kirk Jurgens and bob mitchum uh, about a, a submarine a sub hunter um uh, paired with that star trek episode uh uh balanced terror uh <laughs> that's basically that same story um uh, and it's acknowledged you know that, that that's where they took it from so do that Anyway, do it, uh, man, guys. I, I just uh, I can't tell you how much I love the show, and I'm sorry I don't leave more feedback, but uh, feedback, pardon me. Um, but uh, you have a great, uh, great, whatever, and uh, <laughs> we'll talk at you real soon. Bye bye. Great something, Ricardo Montalban. Um, he was in Battleground. Has Jacques Palance been in any more movies? Any war movies? Yeah. Yes, Attack, which was very good. Maybe I, you know what I was thinking of. That was why, the reason I asked that. As I was thinking, Marvin? I looked at the. Th- I, I remember the poster for that, and I think I was confusing it with the battleground poster, which both have a guy screaming on the front. Like we were screaming just a minute ago when we found <sighs> that nothing was recording. God damn! Dig. Oh no, Attack doesn't. Attack has Jacques, Jacques Palance on the. Ooh, I like the cover of that where he's biting the 
pulling the pin out of the grenade with his teeth. Yeah. That's it rips open the hot hell behind the glory. I'm going to watch that today. No, I'm not. When, I'm going to study. When we were um, for trying to figure out what was wrong, I ran in and made my lunch and ate it because, like, uh, I feel like Jack Palance, when he was trying, he was, wasn't was pulling the pin, he was trying to eat that grenade from. I just Because he's so tough. In the last 10 minutes, I've eaten half a can of honey roasted chipotle almonds. You're digging those. Oh my god, I'm getting like shit problems because I'm eating so many almonds. It's like I'm com- it's coming out almonds. So yeah, those are hard to digest. <laughs> <laughs> um, we have a question or, or or so, don't we, from the Facebook group? Yes, we don't. Yes. Wait a minute. <clears throat> Dig it. I didn't even think about the answer. So I had to clear my throat. Uh, <laughs> let's see, uh, the questions. Uh, let me scroll down here to the Taco Bell destroyed my anus uh, by Martin Waddell. Um, what? That's on there. Um, let's, <laughs> okay. uh, we have a question from uh, Andrew from the group. The group. Uh, last minute question. What is the worst film experience you have ever had? Hmm. And uh, we were trying to think of things, and I could not. Uh... I'll t- <laughs> I got a funny one. It's maybe not the worst, but I was totally trying. To, I don't even remember the movie that it was, um, but I was totally trying to like uh, kind of make this girl think I was being like all like. Uh, uh, I don't know, emotional or whatever. And I was totally playing up this movie. Like it was supposed to be sad. And I was like, Oh God, it was, you know how sad it was. And she could not give a fuck. <laughs> she, <laughs> she looked so annoyed that I was fe- being emotional about this movie or like trying to be. And they, it didn't, it didn't work at all. <laughs> oh, and I just like, Never, oh. you know, like the, the chicks, they always, you, know, you always think, Oh, you know, to be a sensitive guy or whatever. Yeah. Let, yeah. Don't ever, don't ever fall into that trap. Girls, if they ever if they ever see you cry, or if they ever see you being sensitive, no, I don't give a fuck. They they will. It's just they see it as a sign of weakness, and you're just they'll think, oh, you know, oh yeah, he's a sensitive guy, but I, you know, they serious they secretly uh, don't want that, and they want some big fucking macho guy who never cries that will slap him in the mouth and tell him to shut up. That was that I I, I do so, remember that, and I, you know, and it was I, I, it wasn't totally fake. It was an emotional part of the movie, but I played it up thinking, do you hey, what now the movie my, was? This, is, this is my end. What? What was the movie? I don't I don't remember. I really uh, don't. I just uh, I, the only thing I think I mean I've already talked about when I walked out of. Uh, dodgeball and i farted as i was walking up the aisle <laughs> as loud as i could to show my disdain um i can't think of any bad experiences i i was going i went to the movies one time and i showed up uh to i thought well okay i've got it timed i know what time they start and everything uh-huh. and this the one day that i went i usually would go at the same time and they would have the ticket thing and you just go up and buy the ticket walk right in and uh, I had it all timed out, and I went the one day, and I can't remember what I was going to see. And they decided to sell the tickets at the concession stand, and they had a line of about thirty fucking people waiting to get food. <laughs> and all I wanted was a ticket to get in, and, and so I walked all the way up to the front, and I said, "Is this the line to get tickets to?" 
And she goes, yeah. And I said, well, you know, the movie's getting ready to start. And she, and, and uh, she goes, well, you're going to have to go to the back of the line. Uh, oh. I was like, no, it's stu- stupid, you know. I might have told this one on the on the show before. Um, in high school, I went to go see Pulp Fiction at a theater. And um, anybody that's seen that knows how many times they use the N-word in it. Right. And there were two... Uh, African-American kids, I guess they were kids, probably maybe teens or 20s, but they were they would get pissed every time that word was used, but not pissed in like harump harump, but pissed and in like exclaiming out loud and kicking seats. And, and then, you know, I'm this like weakling high schooler and they were right, they were right behind me. So they were kicking my seat and it's like, I was at that situation like, what? It was like it was a fucking like Larry David moment, a side moment. It's like, what the fuck am I supposed to do here? Like, I, if I say something to these guys, especially right now when they're all pissed, they're probably gonna punch me in the face. And then like, so I just had to sit there and like halfway ruin the movie with these guys uh, being overly sensitive and kicking seats and uh, uh, what the fuck every time, every time, what the fuck, what the fuck every time they would use the word. I just wanted to be. I just wanted to say, guys, just leave the fucking movie if it bothers you this much. Yeah. So that would have been good. They would have choked you out. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I just had to sit there and take it. Never had a bad, really bad experience. I had a girl like give me a hand job. Oh, that's the awful. It was awful. It was awful. No, it was great. She was <laughs> wild. I didn't uh, even ask. Her. Cool. Thank you guys for the feed sacks. What'd you say? I said I didn't even ask for it. Oh, it just happened. She was wild. I don't know. Never been a fan of hand jobs. Yeah, I was a fan of that one. <laughs> I'd say. I mean, it's like you know, I can use my own hand. I'm not, uh, there wasn't not, anybody else in. Uh, there was, I think, maybe like one guy all the way in the back, if that. And then, of course, the people watching or running the movie. Oh, and they don't care. Quack. Um. So you can always send us feed sack to. I always have to say it. If I just try to tell somebody our phone number, it doesn't work. But if I say, you can always send us feed sack to, I, I get it right every time, 206-339-1600 or silvagoldpodcast at gmail.com. Our show is on iTunes and maybe Stitcher and our website at silvaandgold.com and our Facebook group, facebook.com slash group slash silvaandgold, all spelled out pretty like. I don't know what we're doing on the show next time. I can't even predict next time yet because <laughs> fucking Red Hat Linux Enterprise is kicking my ass. But I'm going to be able to set up a network device on your Linux machine <laughs> very soon. Yeah. Yay. Um, so uh, we'll, we'll announce on the group, I'm sure, what we're watching for next time. I could probably get one in because I'm not watching much of anything else. I have time to watch a couple movies. But we'll get there when we get there. Thank you guys for listening. And we hate you all and Burt Reynolds laugh, etc. and so forth. <laughs> Dom, do you have anything else, sir? I have nothing to say. I'm going to go eat some more almonds, poop my pants, and read. Until next time, I love hoot. And song. Bye-bye.